And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Actually, not feeling very humble today. i got to work on that. I'll make a note to, to work on my humility today. Uh, great show for you today. A lot a lot of stuff to get to. I had a good buddy of mine, J.J. Leahy, on the show. Um, really smart guy. I had a good time chatting with him. He actually bailed me out last minute. I had a guest uh, cancel on me last minute. Um, some unforeseen circumstances came up. And uh, so JJ pinch hit for me today. Um, glad he did because uh, yeah, when I, when I plan on having a guest, I kind of need a guest because when I do a monologue show, it actually takes a lot of preparation, and I kind of didn't have time <laughs> because <laughs> I had a guest bail at such short notice, so uh, I didn't really have time to throw a, a monologue together. So uh, everybody, you know, should appreciate JJ for stepping up to the plate and bailing me out. Um, yeah, before we get to uh, to JJ, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and want to quit, or if you vape already, you got to check out Premier Vapor. Uh, they have the largest selection of premium e-liquids anywhere in the country. All their stuff is fantastic. It's delicious. Everything is FDA uh, compliant. Everything is made safely uh, in in their lab. Out in California, it is a really great product. They have any kind of battery, mod, tank, coil, anything you need, they have... Check them out at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. They have physical locations in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio. If you're in Northwest Ohio, check them out in person. If not, PremierVaporAndLounge.com. They will give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. You really can't beat that. And if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. We would really appreciate that. Shows every Monday and Wednesday. The content is always free, but if you want to get involved, you can check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. There's some cool incentives if you want to contribute monthly over there. If not, it's all good. Just uh, you know, make sure you subscribe and tell your friends about us, all that good stuff. Yeah, without further ado, here's my chat with JJ Leahy. All right, guys, we're here with my good friend JJ Leahy. Leahy. Sorry about that. JJ, thanks for coming on, my friend. Hey. How you doing, Brady? Glad to finally be on here. Absolutely. You, you bailed me out short notice, so I really appreciate it. I, I promise I'll give you more than like 45 <laughs> minutes notice next time. <laughs> you know, uh, I try to keep flexible and, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of your show, so I'm really happy to be on here. Appreciate it, man. So, uh, yeah, lots to get to today. Let's talk uh, briefly about um, the special congressional election in Ohio's 12th district yesterday. Um, Republican yeah. uh, Troy Balderson beat Democrat Danny O'Connor. Um, this was a seat that the Democrats just barely, really, yeah, just barely by around uh, 1,800 votes, um, which is really, really mm-hmm. tight. Uh, Trump won the district by 11 points, so um, not great. But this was a seat that the Democrats were targeting hard. They really thought they could flip this seat. Um, they didn't. Uh, actually, uh, Danny O'Connor, the Democrat, hasn't conceded yet because he's a Democrat and that's what they do. <laughs> they just refuse to concede uh, election losses. But um. You know, the result is, is somewhat troubling because it was so close. Uh, Jim Garrity at National Review wrote um, this morning, 
uh, you know, the Republicans should be really concerned about this. Uh, every, I encourage you to, you know, go check it out at National Review. Um, read more about that. But um, I don't know. How concerned are you that, that this special election was this close? Well, I'll tell you, I think that no matter how you slice it, 2018 is going to be a really, really tough fight. Um, I tend to be a pessimist when it comes to elections. Um, but I, I think... I think we definitely have a chance of pulling this out this year, uh, but you know this is a bad sign. Uh, what we really don't want, obviously, is for this to be a repeat of uh, 2010 with the Tea Party. We don't want, um, you know, the, the 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 Democrats have the enthusiasm on their side for sure. You know, anytime uh, you know the party is out of power. Uh, uh, the midterm elections are always in their favor. Uh, it just always works out that way. The reason that this one is an issue is because it, it's, it's it's such a far right leaning uh, district that the Democrats, uh, you know, obviously should a, not well, ever have any it's kind a, of. It's a reliably there. it's a reliably Republican district. I don't think it's gone blue since uh, the early '80s, but it's it you yeah, know 80s, they yeah. usually win about you know by ten to twelve points. It's not like you know straight farm country where you're going to win by thirty points, but but yeah, it definitely shouldn't have been this close. But yeah, it wasn't. You know, there's a lot of, of districts in Ohio that are further to the right, certainly. Here's here's some silver lining is that um, just a couple weeks ago, uh, Balderson was down really far, um, and it looked like he didn't have any chance of pulling us out. So you do uh, there is some silver lining there that when it actually comes down to who gets out and votes, um, it it does uh, help us a little bit more than than just the polling does, uh, which we you know we did see that in 2016 as well. It does concern me. Uh, I tell you, I tell you what um, is hilarious though is watching the Democrats lose their mind over the Green Party vote because <laughs> they're they're so upset. You know, the the left will always eat its own, and it's it's uh, sad and hilarious at the same time to see these Democrats just losing their minds over the people who voted Green. And the thing is, uh, you know, number one, there's a lot of people who go and vote Green who would otherwise stay home. Home. They wouldn't go vote Democrat. They would stay home. Uh, not that that's everybody, but but even if every single person who voted Green had voted Democrat, uh, it still wasn't enough. It was still off by about six, seven hundred votes. So they're losing their minds over this, and it wouldn't even have made the difference anyways. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's not the reason why Danny O'Connor lost. And I have absolutely no sympathy for those people because the Green Party reliably pulls about one percent of the vote from Democrats. The Libertarian right. Party reliably pulls 2.5 to 3.5 percent from the Republicans. Almost exclusively, mm-hmm. the LP pulls from the Republicans. Um, there's been several exactly. congressional and Senate um, campaigns that that have gone to the Dems because the LP pulled too many Republican votes. I mean, look, I mean, third parties generally hurt Republicans more than Democrats anyway. I mean, look no further than the 1992 and 1996 uh, Republican. <laughs> I mean, uh, presidential elections, for God's sake. Right, right, you know, right. Ross Perot, uh, you know, cost George H.W. Bush and Bob Dole um, the presidency. Um, Bill Clinton would have come, wouldn't have have come anywhere close to the White House. <laughs> um, he would have well, come within uh, a, a mile and a half of the White House without without uh, the Reform Party. So I really don't have much sympathy for those for folks. For sure. Well, you know, and the other thing too is that uh, it seems like the. Ma- 
majority of third parties tend to fall a little more in the center than the Republicans or the Democrats. And, uh, you know, the, the, the moderates tend on average uh, to, to lean a little more conservative than they do liberal. So, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Third party votes almost always hurt Republicans. Um, but but in the end, nine times out of ten, and this is one of those cases, it doesn't actually make a difference. Yeah, I agree. And um, see, I would be I, I'm mildly concerned that this uh, special election was was so close. I mean, it is a it was a special election for a three month term. I mean, these two candidates are going at it again. Exactly. In November. Um, mm-hmm. It's August. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a, a week or two before school starts. You know, like it is a weird like it's you know, it's. Uh, you know, Ohioans vote in, in May and uh, November, too. So Ohioans are not used to voting in August. Um, right. It is kind of a, a one-off. Um, and also, there's been nine uh, special congressional elections, and Republicans have won eight. <laughs> the only the only one that they lost was to a pro-life, pro-gun Democrat who was holding a hunting rifle in his campaign ad. Right, And that was the moderate Democrat, Connor Lamb, uh, in... Uh, Pennsylvania's fourth district, I believe. So, I mean, I don't yep. know, man. I, we're, we're eight for nine, and the Republicans only lost to a, a guy wielding a weapon in his, in his campaign ad. Half the people <laughs> probably thought he was the Republican. So, I mean, if the Democrats had picked up four or five out of those nine seats, I'd say, yeah, I mean, we might be looking at a blue wave. But I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how many times the Democrats can claim, like, moral victories. You know, like I just don't I don't believe in moral victories anyway. Like, I don't think Tom Brady gets a, a moral victory for throwing for 500 yards and losing the Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> like, I just don't like I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just I don't really buy that. I think I mean, obviously, the media is going to twist it to to favor the Democrats no matter what. But I don't know. I, I tend to be a little bit more optimistic than you are, I guess. But uh, I don't know. We're, we're eight for nine in these special elections. It's It's really hard to see. I'm not saying the Republicans are going to hang on to the House, but I don't think it's time to pull the fire alarms quite yet. Here's some good news. The good news is you can reliably count on the Democrats to always be stupid. So if they ran a Connor Lamb every time, uh, I think they would handily win back not only the House but also the Senate. Uh, you know, but but they're not doing that. They're they're running Alexandria Ocasio Cortez uh, characters all the time. Uh, and the you know the Connor Lambs uh, you know they're 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 not representative of the Democratic Party and and it's unfortunate um, you know and if, if if they had a brain about them they would run you know uh, more moderate more uh, unoffensive less crazy socialists <laughs> right. but but the good news is that we can we can pretty much count on them to always go to the extreme and always uh, you know make stupid decisions. In, in who they run. Right. I mean, all they have to do is not be crazy, and they can't do it. Um, and right. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's really the reason why, look, whether or not the Democrats take the House in November or not, uh, it's not going to be the Tea Party. We're not going to see a Tea Party-type wave. Uh, every single candidate, uh, Cortez endorsed in yesterday's mm-hmm. primaries lost <laughs> every single one right. lost which is just hilarious one i mean that's just that really warms my heart but yeah i mean there were a lot of <laughs> there were a lot of idiots that ran you know on the tea party movement you know we had michelle bachman and, and 
clowns like that. But we also had Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and Ron Johnson and Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows and a lot of like extremely talented, extremely qualified uh, candidates that that came to you know that won their elections uh, on on the Tea Party wave. And the Democrats have Cortez, who who does not know her ass from right. a, from a hole in the ground. I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't really think uh, these socialists can compete with the likes of Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and these guys. I just don't see them as that big of a threat. I might be naive, but I, I just don't see the parallels to the Tea Party, at least not quite yet. Well, you know, we'll talk again in like December. <laughs> we'll see if uh, we'll see if I feel <laughs> differently. Well, you know, the other thing is that so the Tea Party was a pretty cohesive movement. Um, right. You know, they they had uh, pretty unified goals and um, an effort together, and you're just not seeing that on the side of the Democrats right now. Right, right now, all you're seeing is we can't stand Trump. Uh, and then, then the you know the other um, half of that is the rise of democratic socialism. I mean, just this week, uh, Cynthia Nixon came out. And said, you know, well, you know, I guess basically the same line as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Well, you know, I guess if having these values means that I'm a democratic socialist, then I guess, you know, call me a democratic socialist. It is, you know, it, it's, it's starting to become a bigger thing, you know, clearly thanks to Bernie Sanders, which is something that you and I talked about a lot, Brady, back in 2015 was, OK, no, I don't think that Bernie Sanders has any chance of winning, but I think that uh, he's certainly certainly going to contribute to the rise of democratic socialism being popular in the U.S., and, and we're seeing that. So, you know, there, there's a, kind of a double-edged sword here because, on the one hand, it's nice that the Democrats are embracing this because it makes them look crazier, but at the same time, uh, you know, these are not policies that we want enacted. Uh, so... The, the long and short of it is that I, I think that the Democrats are far less organized um, than the Republicans were in 2010. So, no, I think you're right. We're not going to see the huge blue wave that they're talking about. I think probably more Democrats will win than Republicans, um, or at least it'll be close. Um, but but it's not going to be the huge blowout that, that everyone is, is expecting. Right. And, and during the Tea Party movement, you know, the candidates were all opposed to two things, government spending and Obamacare. And it was clear cut. Right. It was simple. It's, we oppose these two things. This is what we're going to combat. Yeah. But I mean, the Democrats now are they're opposed to everything. <laughs> so it's like, what don't you like about Republicans? Everything. They're literally Satan and Hitler mixed mixed together. You know, <laughs> so it's like you and, can't... They, and they've got it. They've got it turned to 11, 100 percent of the times. So the, no matter what happens. They have to freak out about it at, at uh, you know, level 11, and they can't have a small reaction to a small thing. So people are starting to pay less attention to them. Right, and it's almost like the Occupy Wall Street thing that happened for about five seconds um, a couple years <laughs> a couple years after the Tea Party movement. And they uh, thought they thought they were going to be the next— Yeah, they thought they were going to be the next Tea Party. And so when they first started showing up in interviews, it was like, oh, we want money out of politics. All right, that was our thing. And like a lot of people are like, oh, I guess that makes sense. I mean, that'd be cool if money was out of politics. And then like immediately they're like, oh, yeah. And also it's all about like socialism and like abortion and like all, it just like went everything, just like every Democratic talking point. We're like, oh, OK, you don't really stand for anything. You just you hate everything and you hate men and Republicans and God and stuff like it's like, OK, like your movement is, is really <laughs> not making a lot of sense. So, yeah, they don't have that. Boy, what a what a winning message. Right. 
Right. So let's talk about uh, your home state of Michigan uh, briefly. The right guy won in the in the Republican uh, Senate primary yesterday. That's John James, who had uh, President Trump's endorsement. He's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a combat veteran. Uh, he did, uh, I think, three terms uh, or uh, three tours, rather, in the, in the Middle East when he was in the Air Force. He was a lieutenant in the Air Force. And he's a success, successful businessman in Detroit. Um, he's also black, um, which in Michigan... Uh, helps his candidacy, I would say. Uh, he kind of checks all the, think, the boxes. Yeah. Minority, veteran. So what are you going to do? Be a, a racist who hates the military? I think not. Um, <laughs> so he, he is polling uh, way yeah, behind. That has not stopped the left before. Right, right. But uh, he's polling way behind uh, Debbie Stabenow right now, the lifelong mm-hmm. leftist politician Debbie Stabenow. Um, I don't know. Do you think he has a chance? You know... The it was not really any surprise that he beat Sandy Pensler. Sandy Pensler is just not interesting. He's not someone who uh, really appeals to Michiganders. Right. Um, I, I think something's going to have to change uh, between now and Election Day um, in John James' favor. Uh, I, I largely I think you know the big problem is nobody really knows who he is. Certainly not in my hometown. Most people have not heard of him. Um, I talk about him a good a good deal, but. Um, you know, there's there's one John James sign that I've seen in town, um, and and there's just not he just doesn't have the exposure. So something needs to change. Um, I think he can pull it off. Um, Debbie Stabenow is not very popular, um, uh, you know, a- except for you know around uh, Detroit and and Lansing. That's about it. Um, I, I think I think John James' real um, struggle right here is exposure, and uh, you know, there's there, I, I'm just a little bit worried about his campaign. I think he's certainly the right guy for the job. I'm just not sure that um, that the word is getting out there like it needs to be, uh, um, you know, this late in the game. And, and we do still have three months, um, and, and a lot of people don't even want to think about the election yet. But but for right now, uh, uh, you know, I, I think he's got some work to do. Definitely, and uh, John will be on the podcast here in a couple weeks, so I'll I'll definitely ask him, uh, you know, how the campaign's going and his strategy moving towards November. Um, you know, I think obviously out of the two candidates, he's the only one with any any chance to take out Debbie Stabenow. And Stabenow is like, she's one of these senators, these Democratic senators, similar to Bill Nelson in Florida, where you don't like uh-huh. they don't do anything, like they're not introducing bills that ever get signed into law and they never do interviews but they also don't make any mistakes. nobody outside of michigan has ever heard of them right but they don't make any mistakes like they don't make any gaffes yeah <laughs> and yeah. they're they're just incumbents and you know obviously these elections favor incumbents and as long as they're not making fools of themselves because she is a clever politician like she's not an effective politician or a popular one but she's clever and she's smart enough to not make any awful mistakes which kind of you know, right. it doesn't give her opponents like anything to really grab onto, but um, you know, and well, which is why it, Bill Nelson's kind of a, a similar candidate, and he's down big time to Governor Rick Scott of Florida. And the only reason why the governor's probably going to take that seat is name recognition, and that's John James's big problem. Right. Yeah, here's something else: is that um, there's not usually a lot of political enthusiasm in Michigan either way. So, uh, you know, John Conyers, uh, you know, his seat, um, you know, is, is being filled, uh, you know, this year. Um, by by uh, his what's drug, her name? Dealer, um, drug dealer son. Is that still happening? His son who's a drug dealer? 
Is no, uh, is, uh, Rashida, uh, I don't know how you pronounce her last name, Tlaib, Tlaib, something like that. Uh, she's, she, she won his seat uh, yesterday, um, and it, uh, she's supposed to be the first Muslim woman uh, in, in, in Congress. But, but John Conyers, I mean, you know, kind of a little bit the opposite of Stabenow. You know, he, he kind of did rock the boat. And uh, not many people in Michigan, not, not only didn't they care, but they did, just didn't notice. Michigan is not really a state that pays a lot of attention to politics. Gotcha. I was really hoping because he endorsed his his son who had been like arrested for selling drugs and stuff uh, to, <laughs> to replace him. And I was really hoping they would put him in Congress just so people could see how stupid Detroit, Michigan is. But you know. oh, I didn't hear about that. No, <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what, though, I, uh, I have to live here and I'd rather not make a statement. Um, I'd rather actually just have somebody who's going to help us out uh, and, and stop making some stupid decisions. That's true. That's true. And before we move on, uh, I we do have to mention uh, our good friend Austin Peterson, um, obviously friend of the show. He's been on four or five times. Um, really, really good guy. Really smart guy. Libertarian. He was running um, for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate in Missouri, and he got smoked um, yesterday. He lost by about 45 points. Um, it really wasn't close. Um, he lost out to uh, Josh Hawley, who's uh, the state attorney general. Um, this this one was a little depressing because I thought Austin Peterson was a tremendous candidate. I, I thought he was exactly what we needed in Washington right now. Um, you know, he uh, from what I read, he was he was able to raise around six hundred grand, and Josh Hawley had about five million. So it's really hard to compete. Also, Hawley uh, had already won a statewide election because he, he was the attorney general, and it's it's really tough. Um, you know, somebody who has not run statewide to uh, to run against a candidate who's already won statewide. So it, it was a, a very tall task. Still a little depressed with, with the with the results, though. Well, I'm uh, I w- I'd like to see some more out of uh, Austin in in years to come. So we'll 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 see where where uh, the wind's taken. Absolutely. I mean, every member of the House is up for election every two years so if he wants to run again um there's going to be plenty of opportunities he's a very young guy i think he's in his mid-30s so uh yeah i hope i'm I'm sure we have not heard the last from uh from austin peterson um let's talk uh real quick about censorship um we can get started i mean i mentioned this briefly on monday's show um that basically every social media platform has permanently banned alex jones and Infowars. um obviously alex jones is the ridiculous uh, conspiracy theorist. Um, he's a legitimately a crazy human being. He's he is wrong. a crazy person. He's he's a crazy person. He's a madman. Um, but he's been booted off basically every platform except for Twitter. Um, this is yep. this is a very yep. very dangerous precedent. I, I think everyone should be standing up for Infowars and Alex Jones. It's kind of sickening that a lot of like mainstream conservatives don't because like oh who cares about him? He's a crazy conspiracy guy. Uh, but the left views everyone as Alex Jones. <laughs> if you're not a socialist, then you're a conspiracy theorist in the eyes of the left and the media. So they really don't see a difference between Alex Jones and, you know, me. So this is a slippery slope. Uh, how, how disturbing is, is this uh, development to you? There's a lot of things that are wrong with what happened. So uh, I want to first touch on something that I don't see a lot of people talking about. Um, and that is, this is actually a good thing for Infowars. Uh, you know, this is, if, if you're trying to, um, 
get people to stop taking him seriously and stop paying attention to him. This is exactly the opposite of what you should be doing. Don't don't you know, don't don't ban a conspiracy theorist from your platform, a conspiracy theorist who's been saying that the you know, the media and tech companies are out to get him. Don't prove him exactly right by banning him. That's how stupid can you get? Because <laughs> all of his listeners are going to be like, oh, see, we were right the whole time. The government is turning and, the frogs they, gay. <laughs> they are fired up right now. And I'll tell you what, it's bad for the Republicans, too, um, for conservatives, because uh, so many people are paying attention to him. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried that this kind of exposure is going to... Uh, you know, just kind of stick his name a little more to the conservative movement, which is not what we want. He is a crazy person, you know, and and uh, at the same time, you got, uh, you know, people like Mark Meadows um, uh, off the top of my head, um, you know, who are, who are getting banned, shadow banned um, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, to, to to lump somebody like Mark Meadows in with uh, Alex Jones is uh, it's a dangerous thing. And uh, so so Twitter put out a, a statement um, really recently, uh, which was uh, really ridiculous. Uh, Jack said, um, you know, he came out and said, look, we don't shadow ban. Here's a blog post. And in the blog post, uh, buried down, right. they have this right. ridiculous paragraph. We do, <laughs> we do not shadow ban. You are always able to see the tweets from accounts you follow. And then in parentheses, although you may have to do more work to find them like go directly to their profile this is precisely the definition of shadow banning i don't know you know are are, are you like under the impression that, that people think shadow banning is just straight up banning no shadow banning is hiding all their content so you have to actually go find them and they don't show up in search this is exactly the the, the textbook dec definition of shadow banning and you're saying oh we don't shadow ban yeah except for when we do this exact specific thing which is shadow banning yeah, and when people are shadow banned, too, like, yeah, they don't show up in the search. You can't just go to their actual at handle. You have to type in the URL, like the full URL to their page right. to actually find it, which is, yeah. And uh, look. Well, and, and I'll tell you, who's, who's not shadow banned is Farrakhan. Right, right, Louis Farrakhan, legitimately right. one of the most evil people on the planet. Um, here's a tweet. This was very disturbing. This is from United States Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut. Uh, oh. This is a, this, yeah. <laughs> this is a tweet two days ago from Senator Murphy. Uh, quote, InfoWars is, is the tip of a giant iceberg of hate and lies that uses sites like Facebook and, and YouTube to tear our nation apart. These companies must do more than take down one website. The survival of our democracy depends on it. So what is Chris Murphy, a United States senator, talking about? I mean, are, are there a plethora of wildly popular InfoWars-style conspiracy theory shows? Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Infowars is the only one <laughs> that's at, le at least that's popular, you know, in, in, the, right. in the mainstream. Right. He's talking about us. I mean, he's legitimately talking about just conservative speech. I mean, because everything well, is, and... if you're on the left, everything is hate speech, right? Anything that exactly. disagrees with you is hate speech. So I'm hate speech, right? Ben Shapiro, Steven Crowder, like all these guys are, are hate speech. This is a sitting senator basically saying he wants... You know, I'm reading between the lines a little bit, but if you don't believe me, you're, you haven't been paying attention for the last five years. This is a United States senator basically asking big tech companies to censor conservatives on, on a massive scale. And and 
this is different than so you know let's say that apple um or, or twitter want to ban uh infowars that is actually well within their rights i don't think that they should do it but at the end of the day i would uphold the legality of them doing that chris murphy uh is an elected politician and so you know the what the first amendment is guaranteeing us protection from is the government so chris murphy calling for something like this is completely different than mark zuckerberg commenting on this or uh you know uh Sally Fields or Alyssa Milano, uh, you know, screaming about this. Chris Murphy uh, is is actually um, he's he's bound by the Constitution uh, a little bit differently than uh, you know these other figures. Right, and uh, Joe Scarborough over at uh, at MSNBC, uh, which by the way, Joe Scarborough he was a three term congressman from Florida, and he was a Republican. And he had like a 95% conservative score when he was in office. Like he was like a constitutional conservative, believe it or not. He just loves being on TV so much that he just decided to become a <laughs> socialist, apparently. I don't know. But he Dude, was— it corrupts everybody. The, I know. The, being in the media corrupts everybody. Watch I out, it. Brady. You're going you're gonna to lose yourself. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. But so Joe Scarborough was scolding Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, for not— because they're the yes. one platform that hasn't deplatformed Alex Jones. This is a, a former Republican congressman and now journalist scolding Twitter for not censoring somebody. <laughs> I mean, this is like this is just batshit crazy. Like this, this is absolutely. I mean, it's just journalists against free speech, right? Like this, this, this is the next movement, you know, journalists for censorship. <laughs> like what a joke. Well, like, Jack, I, okay. Jack Dorsey, uh, CEO of Twitter, uh, tweeted about um, about this yesterday. He said, "We didn't suspend Alex Jones or Infowars, uh, you know." And he said, I, "I mean, we know that's hard for many, but the reason is simple: he hasn't violated our rules." And the left went nuts over this. They're not they're not satisfied with his, you know his podcast getting banned and getting banned from every platform. They are just furious. That Jack is saying, look, we're not going to make an exception just because you hate Alex Jones. And the overwhelming, the, the response from everybody, including a lot of politicians, a lot of celebrities, everyone's saying, okay, then you need to change your rules. If, if Alex Jones, um, you know, is not uh, too extreme for your rules, then clearly your rules suck. And, you know, I, I, I do appreciate that Jack is in a little bit of a tight spot here because, uh, you know, the right wing is, you know, extremely frustrated with him over all the um, conservative censorship and then the left is as insane as they always are um i don't have any i don't have any i have no sympathy anything but yeah i mean look any anybody jack dorsey has banned on twitter while allowing louis farrakhan a platform is a complete abomination i have no sympathy well, for for twitter i they've they they're a part of the problem as well. I mean, I'm glad they haven't deplatformed Alex Jones yet. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they're watching him like a hawk, like the the smallest infraction, they'll they'll kick him off Twitter permanently. But you know, I I don't know. I going back to what I said earlier. I everybody, every mainstream conservative, every libertarian, anybody that values free speech needs to be standing up for Alex Jones right now. I, I really do believe that because it, it's a. I view it very similarly to the gun debate, right? They they talk mm -hmm. about you know oh let's ban bump stocks and then we're like, oh, okay even though the NRA is like all right well sure 
No. No bans on anything, ever. No bans. No nothing. <laughs> no new laws, because everything is a slippery slope. They talk about the mental illness question. Well, we can't have the mentally ill own guns. Well, what does that mean? You know, like, I, I have a family member that, that's on Xanax. Does that mean that he can never own a gun? Right, his whole right. Life? You know, so what does that mean? And then the left, the Democratic Party, says if you voted for Trump, you're mentally ill. <laughs> so, what is, I mean, they think, since I'm a conservative commentator, <laughs> I'm mentally ill. So, you know, I, I'm not fit to own a gun. So, no, like I, they, they'll constantly move the goalposts and any infraction on, on the First Amendment or the Second Amendment is unacceptable in my eyes. And I'm not willing to bend on, on either ever for any reason. <laughs> well, what, what, what blows my mind is that the uh, the left does not see how these kind of steps uh, would, would ever possibly be turned around on them. You know, they, they don't I, it, it blows my mind that you can't take a step back and say, hey, what if down the road, uh, you know, we, we don't have the kind of power we do now? It, it's it's just like, you know, with, uh, you know, when, when the Democrats were in control of Congress and, uh, you know, you had the whole issue with the nuclear option or or um, Barack Obama with uh, with all the uh, executive um, orders, they, they never occurred to them, hey, what would happen if the other side was in power and, now these rules aren't here into in place to protect us. So it, it wouldn't matter who it was, if, you know, even if they're a very far left, I I would speak out against them being banned. Um, you know, I absolutely abhor the idea of any kind of censorship. It is extremely un-American. Uh, people talk about, you know, a lot lately about, you know, what is un-American? You know, is it separating families at the border, you know, et cetera. When it comes down to it, what's un-American is, is infringing on people's rights, you know. So uh, whether whether you're talking about um, you know gay marriage, whether you're talking about the right to to own arms, um, these uh, these issues they come down in the end to the government is always going to usurp more and more power, and that is always a bad thing, no matter what, no matter uh, who is in who's in control. You know, I don't want to give Trump extra powers. I don't want to give. Uh, you know, any politician, I like extra powers because I don't want the government to have extra powers because eventually someone is going to be in, 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 in control uh, who is opposed to me and wants to shut me down. And I don't want them to have the power to do that. So I, I think it's important for us to all stand united, right, right and left uh, against the ban- banning of a crazy person like Alex Jones or, you know, any, anybody else. And, and do I think that Louis Farrakhan should be banned? No, not really. I think that uh, I I think that what he says is abhorrent um, and I think it's completely hypocritical for for his stuff to still be allowed on the site and other people to be removed. But no, I don't think that he should be removed. I think that, uh, you know, if if people don't want to see his stuff, they should block him or mute him and move on with their lives. Uh, And I I think there's a, a real need for an alternative social media platform that. Uh, just applies that statement across the board and says, you know, you are allowed to be a crazy person. You're allowed to be an evil person as long as you're not harming other people. Right. Uh, and, and we're not going to silence or censor you just because we don't like what you're saying. Absolutely. And you're, you're absolutely right. And the timing is pretty funny from the left. Um, it, it's, it's funny that they didn't try to get the government to take everybody's rights away from like 2008 to 2010 when they right. controlled all three... 
you know, both houses of Congress <laughs> and the White House. And now that Republicans control Congress and the White House, they want the government to, to, to infringe on everybody's rights, which is just kind of hilarious. So it's like, you know, that's Trump, right? And Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan. So, yeah, it is, it is funny, the timing of all of it. But all right, JJ, I know you got to go. Um, so I'll let you go and I'll definitely bring you on soon, man. This is fun. Uh, where can everybody find you online? Before you get Brady, shadow, th- shadow banned, obviously. <laughs> Brady, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mild Moderate, and uh, you know I've, I've got two followers right now. So if I get a third, that'd be just awesome. <laughs> Everybody follow and, JJ. Uh, Everybody yeah, follow but, JJ at Mild Moderate. He's great. Um, I'm sure you'll be hearing from him again soon. For JJ Leahy, I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.